Welcome to the DPM Podcast. I'm Matt, co-host of the DPM Podcast, and uh, obviously Adam is out flying the line today, but I am so lucky to be joined with John McFarlane, the founder of Bogey Dope, uh, to the show. John, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Probably the best way for us to hear about what it is you guys do is, is uh, let, let's start off with, uh, if you don't mind telling us just a little bit about your background and and where you come from, and then and then we can kind of hear a little bit about uh, the business and, and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my sort of background, I guess, starts at Florida State University, where I went there and had really no idea what I wanted to do, no interest in the military aviation really at that point, and uh, sort of got struck by a bug after 9-11. So that happened my freshman year of college, and something just sort of clicked, and, and I knew I would become a fighter pilot. And so from that moment on, uh, I did a bunch of research, and from what was out there, at least readily available at the time, it seemed like the Navy was actually the best course of being able to, to land a fighter slot. And so I started setting myself up, doing everything I could to make myself competitive for a Navy OCS packet, uh, which I thought was, was going to take me sort of the Top Gun uh, way of things. And uh, one of the things I tried to do to make myself competitive was go and get a private pilot certificate. And so just sort of dumb luck that my first instructor uh, happened to know about this little thing called the Air National Guard and how the Air National Guard worked. And at that time, I had no clue. I did enough research into the active duty to know what the true options were. And I never heard about the Guard, didn't know, didn't know that they even flew airplanes. Uh, but he basically told me that, hey, you could apply to just about any state that flies any specific type of airplane, fly directly to that squadron. And if they fly a certain jet that you want, uh, then you'll go to pilot train to fly that specific airplane. And I sort of was taken back. So I was way too good to be true. And once I realized that it was legit, it sort of changed everything. For me, I, I transferred schools, transferred from Florida to the University of North Dakota. So that was a, a pretty significant change for anyone that's ever been in North Dakota in the winter. Uh, but I have a bunch of family up there, so it wasn't too extreme compared to what most people probably would do. But uh, big aviation school, got a degree in, in flying airplanes, come a CFI, and as soon as I graduated, started throwing out applications to just about any guard unit that flew fighters uh, out there. was fortunate enough to get picked up flying F-15s, and I've since been flying F-15s for the last about 10 to 12 years. I uh, picked up an airline job about four years ago as well, so I've been able to done a bunch of full-time uh, guard stuff and got a little taste of the part-time life as well. And now back on full-time orders while I run Bogey Dip on the side. Oh, wow. Very cool. So that, that that's a long, long journey there. It, I know one of the things, my first kind of uh, introduction to the guard was in pilot training. I had a couple of guard pilots that, that were straight from their unit uh, into pilot training. And I had no idea that there was a different route other than just active duty. Uh, and those guys were the most relaxed out of everyone in the class because they knew exactly what airplane they were going to uh, and they just knew they had to get through the academics stuff and then after that it was just all fun. All just fun. Yeah, I, I, I still remember and often tell a story of my first day of pilot training staying in and, and we had a lot of Air Force Academy guys, guys from OTS, uh, all the kind of stuff that were there and, and were casual already at the base for several months before our class started. So they all knew each other. They had much better military bearing than I did. I had about six weeks of military <laughs> training beforehand, so I barely knew how to put my uniform on. And these guys just seemed like they had 
all the answers because they had been in it for so many years compared to me. Um, and then quickly I realized that, that they just didn't know about the guard. And most people don't. It's sort of like this well-kept secret about the opportunities that are out there. And as soon as they realize that they spent the last four years busting their ass to uh, try to get one of these fighter slots or pilot slots for that matter, uh, to realize that, that there was maybe a different alternative out there that gave them some more flexibility and options down the road, uh, I think it was an eye-opening experience for, for all of them. And I think that's the biggest reason why we're, we're so excited to kind of start down this relationship with Bogey Dope and, and you and, and learn from, from what you're teaching people because it's one of those things where, that I wish I had known a long time ago. I, it might not have necessarily changed the route that I had taken, but as a reservist now, it, it presents an option that if people knew about sooner, there's definitely different paths you can take. And knowing what those are are pretty important. So that kind of leads me into, I think my first question is, you're the founder of Bogey Dope. Do you, do you mind telling us a little bit about what the business is and, and your entrepreneurial path and, and how that came to be and what you guys do? Sure, sure. So Bogey Dope, in the most simple term, helps current and aspiring military pilots get into or out of the military. So uh, we knew how difficult it was for us to get information about the guard and reserve when, when we were looking into it. And we want to help bridge that information gap by providing information to people that are trying to make career decisions, whether that's guys trying to get a UPT slot or people coming off of active duty that really have sort of this bubble of fear around them of the unknown of leaving uncle Sam's sort of comfort. again that paycheck on the first and 15th every single month to go to the unknown of whether that's airlines or the guard reserve uh, whatever that might be and so we want to first empower people with this information so we started to make articles about just explain how the process works explain how the opportunities uh, sort of come down the pike and and whatnot uh, we wanted to consolidate the information that was out there so we started creating this job board so one of the, the biggest challenges that, that I had when I first started was every squadron had a different hiring process. And so there's about 175 different flying units between the guard and reserve, and each of them hires slightly differently at different times with different requirements. And you really gotta do a bunch of work just to figure out who's hiring when and what they're looking for. And so we tried to, to sort of create a job board that allowed people to come to one place to figure out what the opportunities were uh, out there best for them and their family. Uh, and then the other thing was that we realized that we made a bunch of mistakes through the hiring process ourselves as far as how we laid out our applications, dumb mistakes we made in interviews, uh, simple things of what to wear or not being clean shaving sometimes because we thought that having stubble was more cool uh, than not. And just little things like that that no one tells you about when you're a civilian trying to get one of these slots. But also there's a bunch of mistakes that we saw from active duty guys uh, trying to get into the guard as well of just things that, that no one taught them before because the military isn't around to teach you how to go get a job someplace else that they've never had to fill out a resume and never had to go do a job interview to get into the active duty for the most part. And so there was just a lot of things that we noticed through the process of being both applicants and then obviously on the other side of the table doing lots of interviews uh, within the squadron that we figured we can put some information out there, help some people out uh, and try to make this thing not such a secret that there is a better way of doing this. You can serve flying any airplane you want, fighters, heavies, helicopters. You can do just about any opportunity you want within the Air Force uh, and do it with way more flexibility to go do it full-time, part-time, go get a civilian job, 
uh, or stay full time the entire way. So uh, hopefully we're informing some people and, and helping them sort of pick the career choice that they want. I think that brings up a good point. Uh, you, you kind of alluded to the fact of the interview process, but especially the fact that it's different for every unit. One thing that I didn't know until I was a part of a unit is that's really driven locally by that unit for their needs when they need it. They hold their own hiring boards or their own hiring authority. Uh, and it's a real interview because they want to figure out if you're the kind of person that they want to be part of that family uh, for a long time. Because you can end up being in a Guard and Reserve unit for much longer uh, than you would have ever spent in an active duty squadron. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So as far as the, the interview process, you know, every place is a little bit different. You have different personalities on there and, and they, they're not HR specialists. So the types of questions that you typically get in airline interviews and that kind of stuff might be slightly different when you're talking about going to a guard or reserve unit. And every year they're going to be a little bit different because you have different personalities that are sitting on the board that may have never done this before. And they're all looking for sort of certain things, right? And, and I always say there's sort of five basic things that these boards are, are typically looking for. One, at least for a UPT guy, um, are you going to be able to make it through UPT successfully? Two, are you going to be a good officer, leader, and contributor to the squadron? Three, do you have any specific passion or connection or at least understanding of what the mission is that they do? Four, do you have any connections to the area that are going to keep you sort of geographically located close by for a long time? And then five, and I call this sort of the overarching question, this goes for both UBT and active duty uh, guys as well, is are you likable? Do you fit into their culture? Because like you said, these guys are going to be in that unit theoretically for the next 10, 20 years until the end of their career. So uh, there's not usually a ton of movement within the, the guard or reserves as far as guys changing squadrons. That option exists, uh, but guys are going to be there for a while. And so they want to really do their due diligence to make sure that you're right fit. It is sort of joining the family for, for a really long time. You mentioned the geographically tied to the area. Is that more important for the guard versus the reserves? Have you seen? Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a guard or reserve thing. I think it's more of a where you're applying to things. So what I mean by that is if you're applying to a unit that's in the Midwest that has harsh winters, um, you know, I said I was in North Dakota. The first unit that hired me was actually in Montana. And so when you're talking about those kind of northern states that, you know, it's, it makes you tough to live in that kind of climate for a big portion of the year, they want someone that's from that area that has ties to that kind of region because they want to make sure that you know what you're getting into and they want to see that you're going to be there for a long time. So I think that there's always an advantage for saying that you have some sort of connection to an area. Uh, it's not requirement for all places. It's definitely a better selling point for those places that are a little bit harsher of climates. When you start talking about places that you think people are, you know, going to be desirable places to live, like for you in Florida, uh, other people in California, that's kind of warmer climates, then it's not really as big of a factor because they sort of assume that once you get there, the chances of you leaving are, are probably relatively slim. So bogey dope is kind of a little bit interesting. You don't really hear that very much. Uh, in the tanker world, for instance, but and definitely not in the civilian world. Do you mind kind of talking about a little bit about what the term bogey dope means and how the metaphor applies to to what you guys do there? Sure. So bogey dope is essentially a, a tactical uh, aviation term uh, amongst services, and and really what it means if you're a fighter guy, 
and you're out there flying a mission and you get really fixated on a target or you merge with another airplane and the next thing you know, you guys are basically in this one-on-one -on -one fight to the death, theoretically. But at the end of this thing, you've probably lost complete essay of the battle space around you, where the next target is, what your next opportunities are, that kind of stuff. And so what Bogey Dope is, is it's a radio call request. You say Bogey Dope for a tactical controller to point you out to the next target of interest. And so sort of the metaphor for the career aspects of it is you may be in that one-on-one -on -one merge with whatever your career path is right now, or at least what you think your career path is going to be. And what we want to do is we want to be sort of that lifeline that points out other targets of opportunity, other places you can go for your career. If you lose essay on all the options that are available for you. And so, uh, the real way it's spelled is B-O-G-E-Y-D-O-P-E, bogey dope. Uh, and then we changed it to B-O-G-I-D-O-P-E, mainly because it had sort of a, a cool spin on the name, but also because the, uh, the bogey dope website was already taken for the original spelling. So we had to change it anyway. <laughs> well, that's good. It's all about getting the domain anyway. So it, yeah, it, I think it was a good change. The logo looks great. Um, so, how big is your team, and uh, and and what kind of backgrounds do you guys have? Because obviously, you're you're looking at a lot of pilot training guys, and and maybe gals coming off of active duty, and and uh, all sorts of different uh, range of experiences. So, who's on your team, and and how do you guys work? Sure, we we got a relatively small team right now, but we're actually searching for for more here really soon. We got a team of about five right now of not just consultants, but a computer guy who has military background in the Army infantry. Uh, actually, we've got some uh, people that help out with SEO and social media stuff, mainly with the volunteer basis out there. And then Jason, who writes a lot for you guys at TPN, has, has been gracious enough to do much writing for us as well. She's been a huge help getting some information out there. Uh, and we got uh, just a couple guys that do consultations. Most of them are, are guys that are flying fighters right now of varying backgrounds of either guard babies, so they've been in the guard their entire life, uh, or they come from active duty and have transitioned to the guard or reserve and have sort of that level of experience out there. But uh, actually, you know, right now being January 1st, not sure when this is gonna air, but yesterday was, was our busiest day of the entire year as far as like signups. And so we're booked out for the next couple of months, which is great, but it's also a reason that we need some more consultants. So. You know, it's one of the reasons that we're really excited about working with you guys is you guys have such a passionate group of aviators that uh, getting some of that passion that might want to help out the next generation of Guard and Reserve pilots would be a huge help to us. And, and frankly, it's a great side gig for any airline pilot out there because this whole thing started when I was doing my first year at the airlines and on the road and looking for something productive to do. And I was passionate about helping guys out and whatnot. And so if anyone's interested, uh, hit me up after this and, and let me know. And we love to hear from people of all different backgrounds. Certainly we're lacking right now in, in the heavy world as far as getting some of those guys with that experience that could help out as well. So um, if you guys are interested in some side gigs, let me know. That's great. Yeah, the, the pilot side hustle is something that we uh, definitely support around here. You know, the entrepreneurial spirit and, and being able to educate and pay it forward also, you know, in whatever capacity that is. We, we talk a ton about uh, preparing for your airline interview and the transition from active duty, making the assumption that you go directly to a major airline. But uh, one of the reasons we really wanted to work with you and your team uh, was there is a considerable 
effort that needs to be put into that guard or reserve interview as well, because that's a big piece of the puzzle if you want to continue your service, which we absolutely support, both Adam and I do it, uh, you know, after you leave active duty and it, it dovetails in nicely with an airline career uh, for all sorts of reasons. But um, this is definitely something that you don't want to take for granted or just roll in thinking that, you know, you, you've got it automatically because of 10, 15 years of prior service flying the same airplane. You're definitely walking into a different environment that you need to be prepared for and, and take seriously. We also talk about, we mentioned the pilot side hustle and entrepreneurial path. Uh, for you as the owner of this company and getting it off the ground, what kind of uh, challenges have you faced uh, along the way as you're kind of bringing this team together and, and bringing an idea to fruition? Oh, man. Where do you want to start? We could do a whole podcast <laughs> yeah. just, just on this. Uh, yeah, I can we'll do a follow-up one on that later. Too. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, I consider this sort of my my trial by fire of like MBA. So instead of going and getting a formal education or like an MBA, I just sort of jumped right in and tried to figure it out. I'm sure you guys sort of felt the same way. But uh, I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, about creating something that helps people and all that kind of stuff. And so sort of jumped in and, and probably the same as you know, like you don't know what you don't know until you try to do it. And when you see all these different businesses and websites and you're like, man, why they do that? That's so stupid. They should, they should change that. Uh, you start to realize that that's a lot easier said than done because you got to have some sort of technical know-how to do that. So probably one of my biggest challenges that's been ongoing is just sort of my lack of technical knowledge of coding and web design and that kind of stuff. So that's been sort of an ongoing education, trying to learn that. Uh, we have a great computer guy, his name's Brad. He was Army Infantry, he was actually shot uh, in Iraq and, and has some amazing sort of war stories about himself. So he's passionate about helping guys, but he has a full-time job as well. And so he can't get to the kind of stuff we want to do all the time. So uh, for someone that likes being in control, as any of us pilots do, uh, it's hard sometimes to realize that you want to make a change, but you got to wait on somebody else that has the technical know-how to do that. So just learning the coding and the tech part of it, uh, it's certainly been a challenge. It continues to be a challenge as far as getting things done in a timely manner. And the other big challenge is just sort of the time that it takes to do consultations and do business stuff on top of a normal job. So one of the things that was nice this thing started being the, the airline pilot while doing this is it was a really productive thing to do while on the road. But now that I'm back on military orders for uh, the next year or two before I go back to the airlines, you know, doing a full day at the squadron and then coming home and doing this at night. I've got a two-year-old at home and a wife that would very much like help with a two-year-old. And so uh, it's, it's always a challenge of sort of juggling all the different priorities that we have in our lives and and this is certainly a challenge and as this thing continues to grow as it is uh that's one of the more reasons that or just one more reason why we want to find some other passionate guys that that can really help out and and allow us to focus on other parts of the business that's always the toughest part with uh running a, a side hustle or a side business and or even if it's your full-time gig is just that balance of the care and feeding of the family and the care and feeding of the business and, and supporting the team and really passing sure. on value. And that's something that uh, here at TPN, we, we really work with. Fortunately, I have the, the technical background to do everything myself, but even that gets to be a challenge when I have other things going on. So uh, 
I, I might need to borrow your tech guy, you know, and do some, <laughs> uh, do some outsourcing. I don't know. But, um, so overall, what, who, who is your target audience? I know there's a spectrum of the, the new uh, aspiring pilot wanting to go to pilot training and this is their first experience with the military entirely. And then there's obviously the, the pilots who are coming off of a, a long stint of active duty looking for whatever the next step is. What specifically is someone that's coming to you guys? Uh, wh- what do they look like? Where do they come from? Uh, well, they come from all different backgrounds, to be honest with you, especially in the UPT side of the house. So really anyone that wants to fly in the Guard Reserve, whether that is go to UPT uh, for a pilot slot uh, out there or someone transitioning from active duty, whether it's Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps. We have a lot of Army guys starting to pop up trying to make that transition. We are here to help give them the information they need to make educated decisions. For the UPT guys, uh, there's just a lot that they don't know, and we try to help steer them in a direction that sort of makes them as competitive as possible for getting one of these coveted spots. And for the active duty guys, there's really just a lot of fear. And we sort of mentioned it earlier, but when you've lived the last 10 or 12 years in this active duty bubble where everything has essentially been provided for you, then leaving and, and although, hey, the money looks great at the airlines, making that leap and convincing your family to make that leap with you, especially if you're currently stationed overseas, where now you have to not only give up this active duty, but you got to move home, got to find a way to put food on the table. But there's just a lot of fear there. And so what we want to do is, is just be that trusted resource that helps alleviate that fear and answers the questions you have. So you and your family can make an educated decision. And if that means staying in active duty, that's great. If that means getting out of the military altogether, hey, we're here to support you during that as well. Uh, and if that means transitioning to the guard first and then looking at airline opportunities or whatever else you want to do later, then that's one of the great things, uh, as you know, that the guard and reserve provide is flexibility and a way of sort of, if nothing else, easing into that transition where you're still in the military, you're still getting the same paycheck, the same airplane and do the same basic stuff, but now you have the flexibility to go make those other bigger life changes uh, down the road. So we're really just here to provide information that anyone that wants to, that wants to serve, that has served and, and wants to keep on flying airplanes. And that's an important thing for someone who's on active duty to know as well is you can be a full-time guardsman or reservist and there's all sorts of different statuses you can be on long-term orders, uh, a technician or art in the reserves, uh, or all sorts of different ways that you can be full-time or you can be part-time. Uh, sometimes you can be extremely part-time and, and other times you can, in the reserves, they call it troughing and, and you could sustain yourself with part-time work when, whenever it comes up and, and picking up whatever TDY or, or flight happens to exist. I think in the guard, what do they call that? Bumming? Yeah, guard bumming. Traditional guard bum, yeah. So uh, as as you start to get some of these pilots, let's, let's say some of the uh, active duty pilots who are coming, coming out, w- what are some of the most common questions that you hear from them? If you could tell a large portion of them right now, you know, to kind of head some of those questions off of the past. What, what do you hear the most? Well, there's not a specific question. There's just a specific theme to the questions that I already alluded to. And probably the answer that I give them is it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like, don't be scared, make the transition. It is better for you. Like I, I think it'd be very, very difficult to find anyone 
that made the transition from the active duty to the Guard or Reserve or active duty to the airlines that wishes they were still active duty right now. Um, but they all had that same fear that you have. They've all had to go tell their spouse that this was something that they thought was a good idea for them and convince them that this is going to be the right move, even though they didn't know where that next paycheck was going to be for a little while. And, and so we alleviate a lot of those concerns with them. That's sort of a big part of it that, that comes up. Other things that are typical with the active duty side is just figuring out where they can apply and convincing them that they should apply anywhere that they want to go. So a lot of guys, and this is one of the things that we're trying to solve as well, or at least make a little bit more widely acceptable is, is in the past, it's sort of been a network kind of application process. Like, Hey, if you have a buddy that's in a squadron, that's in a guard or reserve unit, and you happen to know who these guys are, you could talk to your buddy, maybe get an interview. They maybe aren't even doing formal interviews. It's just sort of, Hey, if you happen to know some guys, invite them in or maybe we'll hire somebody. And so it sort of became this like good old boy network of getting these slots. And now for the active duty side that are making this transition, you might be a guy that knows nobody in the squadron, but if you have the right credentials, you should apply there. You should express interest because there has never been a better time to get into one of these units, especially if you didn't think that you were competitive before. So one of the things that we've seen in particular at our unit is if you were say three years ago, if you were a Navy uh, or Marine Corps fighter guy, like the chance of you getting hired, even if you had the best credentials were very, very low, just because there were so many active duty guys that were current qualified to choose from. Now it's completely different. Airlines are hiring. There's not as many uh, active duty guys to fill the guard and reserve squadrons. And so at least on the fighter side, like if you're a guy from a different branch, this is a great time to go get hired. And I don't know how it is necessarily in the heavy world or at your unit, but uh, I know that there, the opportunities are abundant right now for going out there. And so having sort of the know-how of going out, putting your name out there and really opening up some opportunities for you and your family that you maybe didn't think existed a few years ago. That's great. And it, that is what it's important is there are lots of opportunities right now and units do need qualified pilots especially instructors as they're starting to hire the air force is trying to turn on the faucet of new production of pilots in order to account for some of the shortages that are, are we're experiencing now and expecting down the road as well. Uh, what are your top three recommendations for a pilot who's maybe been 10, 12 years uh, on active duty looking to make that jump to the guard or reserve as they're evaluating uh, what unit uh, is available and, and what aircraft they want to go to or or just how to, uh, let's say they don't know anyone at a unit in particular, what would be your recommendations as to the best way to go about that and start that process? Well, a lot of guys that make the transition from active duty are trying to make a transition to the Guard Reserve because they think it's going to be a better situation for their family, which most of the times it always will be. And so a lot of the first part of figuring out where they want to go is going to be what is best for your family. Like, is there a family connection to a certain region of the country? Uh, if you're planning on doing uh, the airline job and you don't necessarily have a specific region you're looking for, then maybe you want to look for a guard or reserve unit that's really close to a city that's going to be an airline domicile that you might be able to apply to. That's sort of a big one if you're going to do both these jobs for the next eight to 10 years you know, you want to minimize the pain of commuting and any kind of stuff as much as you can, as, uh, as you're well aware of. So uh, it's one of the things that we have a map function on our website that allows you to 
to basically show every single major airline domicile for sort of the five big airlines. Uh, and then you can look up all the guard and reserve squadrons that are around that area flying whatever airplane. So you can geographically figure out where you want to focus your attention. And then obviously the other big piece of this, what do you want to fly? So if you're a heavy guy wanting to fly the same thing you flew in active duty, there's going to be opportunities for you. If you want to transition to something else, there's opportunities for that too. So it's sort of, everyone's a little bit different. That's why it's important to, I think, talk to somebody that has a little bit of know-how of uh, figuring out, hey, how do I position myself based on what my desires are to find the best unit? And then once I find the best unit for me, how do I make myself competitive to actually land a slot? No, it's great. What are some of the best ways that maybe an activity individual can prepare themselves for, for making that jump? But I know there's a whole discussion about Palace Chase versus Palace Front and whether or not uh, that's going to get approved right now. And, and, and that's maybe a topic for another time. And uh, our, our interaction with ATA has been amazing. Uh, but from your perspective, what's the best way that the, the individual pilot can take care of uh, preparing their own record and, and resume, those sorts of things. What, what are most of these units looking for primarily? Well, I think the first thing to think about is if this is something you want to do, and this goes for any opportunity, any career, but it's worth saying that as early as you can, your reputation matters. So the reputation you forge throughout your active duty time is going to follow you to the guard and reserve application process. Like you can have the best looking application, the best letters of recommendation, all that kind of stuff. It could look pristine and perfect, but we are going to do diligence and call back uh, to your previous squadrons and try to talk to somebody that has flown with you and worked with you to see what kind of person you've been for the last 10 years, because that's going to tell us a lot about who you're going to be for the next 10 years, uh, way more than a strong interview or application. So the sooner you can start forging a really good reputation as being a guy that gets things done, a guy that doesn't complain, that's a good team player, all around good person, uh, that will follow you to the guard. And that's important to start as early as possible. The next thing from there is, is just that um, start the process earlier than you think. So if you know that when you're going to leave active duty is, you know, 2021, well, now just getting 2020, it's, it's time to start that application process now. And so that means showing interest in a unit, letting them know that you're interested. You don't know when their hiring boards are going to be or when they might be hiring. So maybe their hiring board is going to be this month and they don't have another one for another year, year and a half. Well, it's okay to get hired a year before you leave active duty. Most guys that we hire in our unit get hired six months to a year and a half before they're actually able to join the unit. And so that helps the unit out because it gives us an idea of who's going to be in the books in the future. And it helps you out because now you can sort of plan your life accordingly. But the other part about that is sometimes it takes more than one attempt to get into the unit that you want and showing sort of that effort of being there once, maybe they hired somebody else this time around, but then you show up again the next year when they interview and show that, show that grit and resiliency to really be a part of their unit. That goes a long way. And, and there's more than a handful of guys that we've hired in my current unit I've had to interview multiple times, but you got to have the timeline to be able to, to interview twice uh, on there. So start earlier than you think, uh, and then use some professional help to, to make sure that when you're ready to apply that your application and your interview stuff is squared away. You don't want to just show up 
the unit door and expect to get hired immediately. You want to put some time and effort into establishing a relationship with, with the people in that unit and that because it's a family, really, when it comes sure. down to it. And you need to make sure that you're a good fit. They need to make sure you're a good fit for them. But you also need to make sure they're a good fit for you as well, I think. Absolutely. And then I, a lot of active guys, I don't think, know the term getting scrolled. Uh, that's a process that getting scrolled can sometimes take up to six months. And that, that's something that you can initiate long before you're ready to, to actually uh, leave active duty and, and start this process and you can't get gained by a unit until you have uh, been scrolled and that's essentially a congressional process i think that that allows you to transfer your commission over to the guard reserve true that, that's probably it, all the idiosyncrasies of that process are probably a podcast topic in and of itself or maybe an article we should get jason to write for us yeah definitely we'll put it on both websites then <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> So stepping back to the big picture, we talk a lot about interview prep and, and how to prepare for your airline interview. What makes Bogey Dope and, and how where your focus is different than other some of the other interview prep services out there? Well, the biggest difference is we are the only ones, at least I know of, that specialize in the military application and interview process. Uh, so we specialize in guard and reserve flying opportunities doesn't mean that we won't talk to you about what that transition to the airline is like and how to maximize lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. If you have questions about that, we can certainly help out there. But if you want to do airline prep, there's some great companies out there that specialize in that and that's their lane. And and we will tell you, we recommend uh, if the question ever comes up, but we are the people that, that want to help you and your family make the transition to find the perfect guard reserve unit for you guys for a long term of a long time of service and flexibility to really do whatever it is that, that you want to do out there. Yeah, and that's something that we really focus on at, at TPN. Adam and I continuing your service is really important. And if active duty no longer is what's right for your family. There are lots of ways to continue to serve, uh, whether that's 20 or longer. You know, there's there's so many opportunities. And I think what you guys provide in terms of situational awareness and and just a resource to where you aggregate some of that information into one place, that's pretty valuable. And that's why we're one of the the biggest reasons that we're happy to work with you. So it. As we start to wind up here a little bit, I know your time is, is super valuable, you know, as you're getting getting started with the new year. When you think back to all the, the work that you've put into building this business, the sacrifices you've made, the time away from your, your two-year-old and, and the wife, how much of that success and what you're building do you attribute to luck and timing? Uh, and how much would you attribute to pure grit, tenacity, and hard work? I will really probably an equal spread of both in some ways. So when it comes to these guard UPT slots, uh, you know, luck and timing are always going to be a big portion of it. And I will forever be grateful to the Montana Air National Guard for, for giving me my slot. Uh, it was one of those units I applied to and had no connection to the state, no connection to the squadron. Didn't think I had a chance in hell of getting a slot up there, but I decided to throw my name in the hat anyway and sort of a quick funny story to ask for a pitcher. And because I didn't think I had a chance, I thought I would just sort of swing for the fences. And so I sent in a college pitcher of me dressed as Ron Burgundy on there just to like get their <laughs> attention. 
in the application. And I come to find out afterwards that it was like a huge issue in the squadron of if they want to hire a guy that was that unprofessional or not in the application. So the squadron commander wanted to throw my application in the garbage and a couple of the young guys thought it was, it was okay and uh, convinced them to, to let me at least come interview and, and they gave me a chance and sent me a UPT and got a chance to fly the Eagle. And, and unfortunately, they stopped flying Eagles a few years ago and I ended up transferring units, but I will forever be grateful to those guys for the opportunity. And, and I think a lot of that came down to being lucky that they at least had the right guys that vouched for me <laughs> on there. But, but this, this process, this application process for both EPT and active duty, it is a grind no matter who's going through there. Uh, and so I think it was a grind once I got the bug and knew this is what I wanted to do and, and transfer to a different state and, and wanted to make myself as competitive as possible. It's been a grind now balancing everything to keep it up and running. And, and there's several times for the bogey up thing where I'm sure it's the same for you guys in TPN that hey, it, things get busy enough that you sometimes question like, is this worth the time and effort that goes into it? And then you hear stories of guys that get picked up and you remember how excited I was, or I remember how excited I was when I got picked up and how life-changing that's been for me. And, and it sort of keeps you going. It's, it's cheesy, but like legitimately that is one of the coolest parts about this of having a legitimate impact on someone's career and future. And so uh, I think that helps us grind through it when things get a little, you know, busy out there. <laughs> no doubt. Well, John, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show tonight. I know uh, you've got a busy world and, and there's always a lot going on. I know I just got back from an airline trip this afternoon myself. So we just really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me and, and share what you guys are doing over there with the TPN audience. And, and hopefully if anyone has any questions, we can get a hold of you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to work with you guys here in the future. Absolutely. So if someone does want to reach out and uh, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, email is usually the best. So pretty simple, john at bogeydope.com. Uh, you can also go to the website. You'll see some contact information uh, on there as well. So bogeydope.com is just the website. Uh, we're on social media as well. So Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so there's all sorts of ways to get a hold of me and, and let me know if you have any questions or anything we can do to help going forward or if you want to work with us. That's awesome. So yeah, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes and, and make sure it's really easy for, for folks to find you. So well, everyone, if you want to reach out to John and his team, by all means, if you have any questions at all, uh, these guys are great. They, they have a lot of information. They have the heart of the teacher. Uh, and that's really what's important is that they want to help and, and share information and really pay it forward. Uh, and we see that with them and, and they're, they've been great partners so far. So John, uh, just a last thank you to you for joining me tonight. It's just, uh, I learned a lot, you know, stuff that I wish I had known 15 years ago. And we truly appreciate your time and, and effort. And for TPN, as always, thanks for listening. If you have any questions for either Adam or myself, uh, you can always reach out to us at heyguys at thepilotnetwork.org. Or you can uh, find us in one of the many other ways that we get the TPN message out there. Uh, whether it's the website or the Facebook group or the, the premium community, uh, or even you're coming to TPNX, uh, which we just finished up the 2019 TPNX, and we're already preparing for 2020. So uh, hopefully we can all see you then. For now, keep the shiny side up, keep the dirty side down, and fly safe, and take care, everybody.